This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hello. Hello. Hello, everyone. Hello. It's so good to have you back. We love that you guys come along and take us with you on your walks and in your minivans and (laughs) when you're lying in bed next to your partner that you've been fighting with. Uh, You know, that you just, you got your headphones in. Not tonight, honey. We're so glad to be (laughs) providing a service for you. I'm here with Caitlin and Adam. They are in... Ontario in their respective homes. I am in Southern Alberta. It's snowing. Mm, it looks pretty. I got so much snow. I keep opening my gate. I have a little button on my wall. I keep opening the gate so I don't have to go and shovel. <laughs> Just pushing <laughs> it out of the way. So I kind of watch it pushing the snow out of the way. And I'm like, mm, I wonder how long this is actually going to keep working before <laughs> I break down. Caitlin is still pregnant. What does your app tell us the size Ooh. of your child? So it, we're, we're recording this in advance. So it usually tells me on Friday, it'll update me. But as of today, it says, you your baby, okay. it says your baby is as big as a, get ready for it, spaghetti squash. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying, now the spaghetti squash is the big yellow one with the yeah. stringy interior. Delicious. Oh, God, I love okay. them. That- I do too, but it just sounds really quite big. I know. And the thing is like, so we had, we, my husband and I had a crash course with a doula. Um, so birth services are still considered like essential services. Um, and so, but we did the group group classes are a no. So everyone can stay six feet apart and wear like we were wearing N95 masks and she can come and do a private class in your home. That is allowed, but she's also had the first round of the shot. And so that was kind of interesting because she works out of some healthcare centers. So she was on the healthcare list. So it was interesting to talk to her about that a little bit, but also she talked to me a ton about labor and delivery and what to expect. And I saw all these like diagrams and explainers, the stuff that happens to your body to make room for something the size of a spaghetti squash and bigger is crazy because it doesn't make any sense but it works perfectly. Otherwise we'd all have babies stuck in us forever. <laughs> Imagine twins, triplets, quads, the space that is made for four <sighs> spaghetti squashes. Oh. I talked, I talked to an OB technician about this back in the day, like back months ago when I was having my, uh, my, my, one of my ultrasounds, they do an anatomy ultrasound where they really go into detail on the baby's brain and heart, whatever. It takes like two hours. And uh, I was chatting with this, with this nice fella about it. And I said, wow, how long must this take for multiples? And he just exasperated, looked at me and he was like, a really long time. I had triplets in here and you tell me how to find three brains and three little tiny hearts. I don't even know if I had the right kid. I, we were like killing ourselves <laughs> laughing. Well, I know we're talking about your pregnancy a lot. I just, maybe it's because I'm childless at 58 years old, but I'm so fascinated. Like, I think it's so great that we can make people, I don't know, 
through history, like I've been watching all this history stuff about the Middle Ages. I've been stuck in the Middle Ages. I've been fascinated by how they delivered their news. Like how did they find out that the Christians in Jerusalem had fallen? You know, uh, how did that make its way like across the Mediterranean over to the UK? And I was listening to this guy speaking about, it was some kind of podcast, my favorite podcast, my, my history podcast. And, uh, but just, and then they got into this whole section, Caitlin. And of course I thought of you because it was midwifery and it was people having babies mm-hmm. and it was how unbelievably dangerous it was. So dangerous. To have children like up until very recently, like the last 20, 30 years, yeah. giving birth was, was a crapshoot. Oh, and like, <laughs> I mean, it was, and uh, you know, it's a miracle that women did it at all, I would have just checked myself right into the nearest convent and said, forget it. Um, because well, I would just have had to no- not, let, not, not yeah. partake in like any to kind like, of sexual. Of course. And also to just be like, okay, well, I'm just like, you're living in the most probably like misogynistic time ever. And then you might die during childbirth for get it. I would have been like, that's it. Marrying Jesus. See you later. <laughs> 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 but yeah, it's still, you know, and it's still dangerous. Like, it's still dangerous in so many parts of the world now. It's still a much more high risk in, in countries for women of color, which is horrible. Um, so, you know, there are still risks. We just mitigate them. Like, I have friends. I have seen every horror or heard of every horror story under the sun. And, you know, you're just fortunate that you deal with it in these capable environments like hospitals when they do arise or you have midwives or birthing centers where they know what to do and when you need to go to a hospital when you don't. But, you know, these things still statistically come up. Like preeclampsia is pretty common. That's a life-threatening condition for lots of pregnant women. Like stuff still happens. Yeah, can you pass me the preeclampsia? I need to put this bolt back onto the... (laughs) I need I need to change the tire. I'm going to need a preeclampsia to get that. <laughs> um, what happened to the Duggars? What happened to Mama Duggar and the Duggar family? Like eight, it was like 17 and counting, 18 and counting, 19 mm-hmm. and counting. And then you're just like, what does your lady bits, what, what does it look like? Like, what have you done to your, that's a lot of children um, in this I, modern age. I, I know that doesn't seem so bad. The Catholics, I'm sure, in the 14th, 15th, 16th century, because so few of your kids survived, <laughs> you just kept you kept having kids until you couldn't, until you kind of had a couple living in your house. <laughs> I know that sounds terrible. I think that they, I think that the Duggars, like, do you know how, I don't know if you guys ever had any uh, pet rodents when you were growing up, but I was gifted, <laughs> I was gifted gerbils instead of a puppy one year from Santa Claus, and I'll never forgive him. And what happened was they, and we thought it was two gals and it was a a dad and a mom and they had Uh so many litters over the course of time. Even when we tried to keep them separated, they found their way back together from their respective little pods. What did you do with them Oh, we ended up giving them to, we gave them to pet stores. We were like, here you go. And we would give them to a pet store. Um, But when we, we had to, we had to give away the dad eventually, even though we felt bad because they were kind of bonded because they had so many litters that the litters started becoming a little we're talking not not high quality, like she, oh. it was just too many kids, right? So okay. and I think that happened to the Duggars <laughs> because <laughs> Caitlin, that's terrible. Send your letters to Caitlin Green, five 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 seventy one Green Street in because Ontario. Didn't, didn't they have? I'm not joking. Didn't they have? Uh, one or two sons who were involved in some really horrible scandals 
And I think that's what happened. Oh. They were involved we in these really. Go- we need to Google this. We I'm gonna to Google, Google this right it. now. I think that's um, what. Yeah, I just was wondering. TLC really had a great franchise going because I think when they dropped in on that family, it was, it was 17, and then it was maybe it was 16. I don't know. People can write us and tell us. I think um, that the gals did. Quite- I think I think the gals did well, but I think that the I think the boy Duggars gals. went the way. I think they went the way of my gerbils. Oh, oh. <laughs> Caitlin Duggars, if you're listening, we don't even know what I don't even know what she's saying right now. I don't understand it. Um, well, you I've talked about this before, but my gram, my mom's grandmother had 17 kids. She also had <gasps> wow a twin. She had one set of twins in there, but she also had some stillbirths, so it was more than 17. And she passed away at 46. 46. Um, anyway, I'm not going to talk about that again. I don't want to frighten you. You're going to have a spaghetti squash. I think that's beautiful. <laughs> and like you said, Caitlin, you have an opportunity now, because I've talked to my friends about this before who have had kids. Mm-hmm. If, you know, the size of the baby is not manageable, if they're thinking, oh, yeah, we're not going to put this poor woman through a 13-pound baby. Um, yeah. I, I had a friend of mine that actually picked the day of her the birthday of her child for her C-section. She's oh, like, that's no, super I, common. I, like, I don't want February 7th. I, I think I'm going to go with February 9th because yeah. I don't want. Yeah. Yeah. That's super common. There's tons of like, there's tons of stuff that they do to mitigate this. And the most important thing for like women, you know, who are going to have kids to know is that your body knows they figure it out. Like when you don't have kids, like when I didn't have, you know, when I wasn't pregnant before all this, it seemed like it made no sense at all. And then you talk to all you have to do is talk to any doula or midwife or OB where they do this a million times a day for their life. And they just, they tell you how normal it is. And you're like, Oh, it's not to undermine the fact that it's, a, yes. it is still labor. It is a, mm-hmm. it is a long day, but mostly that what previously to you seems like the most foreign inconceivable process is actually for a lot of people, just they're what they do every day for work. They see it all the time. Do you think you and your husband, do you think this is it one and done? probably I think I'm statistically more likely to have an only child because I myself am an only child also Um, I didn't know that I didn't know that was I think that's a thing okay yeah but you know I think uh yeah probably but who knows I'm open to being surprised like I don't like to try to plan for stuff because who knows can you can you promise me this though can you not be like 51 and be really surprised (laughs) that you have a child in college and then you're pregnant (laughs) again (laughs) Who was it? But the duel that we had told me that her oldest patient was 51 wow, and had a, had a very healthy, happy pregnancy. And I was so surprised, but I guess, you know, it can, it can happen. My mom, so sweet to the very end, like even the last few years of her Alzheimer's, she'd look at me across the table and she'd touch my arm. You know, you don't have to have a husband to have a baby you oh, I'd be like mom I'm 54 like at the time <laughs> well Janet Jackson had twins at 54 like I don't think she was 54 I think Janet was just 50 but she yeah was, so your dad and I I'm thinking at this point I think dad's dead but if you still want to <laughs> resurrect him <laughs> and bring him your into dad this- and I from the grave he'll <laughs> we I would look after it and I'm just like, oh, my God, you're just the sweetest. I wonder what you would have said Aww. to me at 16. It probably would have oh. been a far different story. But 
Uh, and we have confirmation that the Duggars did get wonkier. I looked up the t- the top 10 Duggar scandals and I was like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> they, they weren't Adam, doing so well. Send your letters to Adam because, Adam, you are complicit in your silence. Oh, because oh, I laughed? <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> um, wait, was that it, Adam? We got to go? That's segment one. Okay. Well, Adam, thank you. We're going to talk more and not about the Duggars. So don't go away. We'll be right back. This is the Janard Podcast. You're back. You're listening to the Jan Arden Show and Podcast. It's a two-in-one. It's completely free. And we still don't have a sponsor. Um, we were kind of hoping Starbucks might come in because I do enjoy Starbucks. Ooh. Uh, I, I like McDonald's French fries. Oh, As a vegan, that. it's about the it's the only thing I can eat there at McDonald's is their fries because they don't have a lot of vegan stuff. So I can have a pop and I can have a fries, um, but I, there's nothing else unless and I have asked for this and don't judge me. Um, we've gone through a drive through a picture us losers in a band in a van two o'clock in the morning. All anything that you know, the only thing that's open. Sorry, I can't speak today. The only thing that's open is a McDonald's drive through. And so I get a bun. And I ask for lettuce, extra tomatoes, and pickles. And they're like, excuse me? I'm like, yeah, could I just get a bun? Um, and sometimes I've really confused them asking for the Big Mac bun with no, yeah. like, but I can't have the sauce and stuff. And so I get like a stacker with pickles. Two all beef patty special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, on a sesame bun. I still remember that. But I don't get the two all beef patties. And you know what? In a pinch, the Big Mac bun with a drink and fries is not a terrible plant-based meal. Just saying. Huh. Um, back to the Duggars for a moment, Caitlin. <laughs> Caitlin didn't go on. They, they really, the, the girls had offshoot shows, didn't they? I think so. So I think the gals made it out of that situation, that their family situation, and didn't get sucked into too many scandals. But I think, and you know, some of them can correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> I think the boys were involved in some wonky scandals um i think it was some of the older kids and i know there were some issues with like charity like staging charity things and then taking all the money and i just think you know that maybe there were you know maybe there's just too many too many duggars you know just statistically speaking maybe a few of them had to wind up being crooks or something well when you have that many kids and i think they did get to 20 because i remember that last pregnancy she had yeah I think that last pregnancy she had was very difficult oh, and she was I hospitalized. And, but, but what, I, what always made me laugh was every kid was named with a J and the, you know, you ran out of the John Janet's just, they were all very different names. I'm not going to say odd, like whatever you want to name your kid, as long as it's not Hitler, <laughs> I think you're all right. Or Slurpee, like don't name your kid Slurpee. <laughs> <laughs> But it was all J's. So, like, how do you even go through that? Like, do you, and I have, I know a family that's all C's and K's. Yeah. I know a few and families that are, I know a family that's like a lot of D's in one family. Um, I think that it is a thing. Like, they're, you know, not for 20, though. They must have been running out of real names. <laughs> <laughs> they ran the whole, they could, they should have just started at A and ran the alphabet. They, if they had 26 kids, they would have been golden. Uh, they got sounds like they got pretty close. I didn't know there were that many. Geez, what a throwback! That is truly a name and a, a reality show that I had not thought about in ages. Well, I used to watch TLC a lot, 
Like I, whenever I turn on to TLC now, it takes me like an hour to find it. I'm like, is this TLC? Like they're making swords. Uh, there's a bunch of guys that are tattooed making swords. It's some kind of a, a show to make a good sword. And I'm like, I, I don't know who watches this stuff. And anyway, TLC is not the station that I bought into many a year ago. It used to be really good. I liked Little People. I liked the show Little People, Big World. Yeah. Uh, but then they really got into a divorce. Things got really ugly with that couple. And they had two, like, normal-sized children. And then they had one small, a little person. Mm -hmm. And uh, I followed along with them until, I mean, their fighting was epic. And then, let's go back a little bit further to John and Kate plus eight. Oh, my gosh, Yes. I've always wanted to talk to you guys about that show because she had two daughters, right? And then they had, was it sex tuplets? Yeah, it must have been. But she went through like a big thing. And then Honey Boo Boo. This was all TLC stuff. Okay, yeah. TLC, so we are expect we are open to sponsorship TLC, even though <laughs> you're making swords now. Even, well, I was going to say, so because TLC, obviously, the acronym stands for the <laughs> learning channel. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure what we're all learning, but are the, okay. Oh. Is 90 Day Fiance on TLC? Is one question that I'll have to Google now. And the other one is: is T, does TLC do the My Strange Addiction where people eat like their couch cushions and stuff? Yes, I love that um, show. Yeah. Okay. Adam, yeah. Okay, just wait. I've never even heard of that. I don't even. Oh, know this that. this woman ate like a, her her couch. Like she would <laughs> pluck the stuffing from inside the pillows and eat the stuffing. Come on oh i swear to god and there was another one with the guy who only ate not only but like he ate glass like he would eat light bulbs <laughs> oh no i'm not kidding <laughs> so really we're That's... learning about people's like isms gosh it's hard to be a person oh. yeah it's just That's like true. on my worst day on my worst day i will eat a dorito and <laughs> Like, I, I can't imagine. So what happens to the brain? What a, what a deep cavern of, of silliness we are. Well, I'm and just... 90, Day, 90 Day Fiance is also on TLC, for the record. And that's one of the biggest shows on television. Like, it is constantly trending. Kate, can I, so... because I've never seen it, Caitlin, and maybe some of our listeners, just walk me through. Like, I don't understand what it is. I have seen ads for it, but I don't watch any reality stuff. But what, and I know you like it, right? No, I've never watched an episode of it, but oh, okay. I think I can, I think I can roughly, oh, okay, I'm probably going to butcher this. All the 90 day fiance fans are going to come for me on social or something. Okay, but well, I think what it is, is people who are, they, they begin a relationship long distance from abroad and they're only engaged for 90 days and then they are supposed to get married. And it's supposed to be these like dramatic, tumultuous couples where, you know, one person is coming from the other side of the world to be together with the other. And I think there's obviously some disastrous results out there. Now, perhaps the format of the show has like evolved over the years. And so it's not that anymore. But I feel like that's how it got started. Uh, I admit to having so never this, watched a full episode. Is it mail order brides, Caitlin? I don't like, I don't know if that like, like but, but people that want to get into the country, like I'm just playing the devil's advocate here. Is it, you know, to, I definitely even, heard of those, but I mean, usually it's, it seems like these, these <laughs> white guys that have like a Yugoslavian fiance or something. They always well, seem to be women from, from, 
Eastern Europe or something like that. I I got to watch thought, it. Someone I thought there was a I thought there was a famous couple of a woman who was from the UK and her partner was coming from um, a nation in Africa. So I thought there was one famous couple there, whether or not they were famous because they were like super in love or they fought all the time or something dramatic happened with this couple. And all the 90 Day Fiance fans are just screaming at their headphones right now being like, oh my God, get this right. But I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I watched it. It's not my show, um, but I hey, should. I long should, yeah. story short, long story short, the Learning Channel is not what it used to be. Shame on you, the Learning Channel. <laughs> but we still love you. We still have hopes to have a sponsorship with you. You're listening to the Jan Arden Podcast. We'll be back. Welcome back. I'm Jan Arden. I'm here with Caitlin and Adam. Um, read the synopsis of 90 Day Fiance just so that we don't get sued or have infuriated <laughs> 90 Day Fiance fans. Okay, so this is a description of the show and I believe it's one specific season from 2014. And it says... Dating across the border becomes possible as four non-American women get a K-1 visa for 90 days purely to meet and marry their fiancés or return straight home. So it's four women from out of the U.S. are given 90 days mm-hmm. to travel to the U.S. and meet, you know, the, the, the partner of their dreams or they go right back to like Moldova or something, wherever yeah. <laughs> Caitlin Moldova. I don't know what like, that sounds I, like a fictitious Cinderella story. It, it's a real place, but was, I know that it was Anne Anne Hathaway was from Moldova, wasn't she? The, <laughs> was she? The, I don't know. The Princess no, in the, yeah. Yes, the Princess Is that was Genovia? Moldova. Oh, Genovia. Maybe Adam, that's what I was thinking of. I no, Adam would know this because he's got two little girls. They've we've seen it all together. <laughs> well, Television has to take, I think, I don't know what I think about. There's so much great television out there. I think television is so superb in, we're watching stuff that normally we would have raced to like Cineplex Odeon to go watch. But now everything's made for the small screen. Yeah. But there's such good TV, but the reality stuff, I never have understood. Like, I don't even think I ever watched a season of Survivor. Even when it first started, it was so huge there wasn't a person on the planet that wasn't watching survivor and now i think they're on season 37 the champions return and whatever yeah i i only watched the first season of survivor i was in high school and i remember when it took the world by storm and i watched the first season of it and i was really into it and then i just never got into that show again my reality show of choice is below deck and we've talked about it before and it is my Can love of life be sponsored <laughs> so this is the people that work on yachts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they work for, do you ever see the rich people on the yachts? Do we ever oh, go yeah. above Oh deck? yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. And it's, it's a, it's what's called a charter yacht. It's not like one owner. It's like, so it's a charter okay. yacht. So they, there is an owner of the yacht that you never see. And, but these people charter it. So every two to three days, you get a new group of rich people who come on the yacht and they're served by the, the full season staff that you come to know and love or hate on below deck and so they have the captain and you have you see the captain and then you have all the crew members and it's just great (laughs) it's just people hooking up fighting drinking why do we want to watch other people's lives i don't know and i don't know who nailed this or who thought of it it's just it is so 
it's been such a runaway success story and uh, for, for so many different franchises from the Real Housewives to the Kardashians to, you know, the yeah. OC in the Hills. Um, yeah. And even like shows like, you know, like RuPaul's Drag Race or, you know, competition series. Like it's just people yeah. love reality television so much. It's changed television. I just, I guess looking in at somebody else's foibles, somebody else's uh, mistakes, because let's face it, we're watching it for the debacles, Caitlin. Oh, yeah. I want the debacles. I like the fact I'm a sucker for anything that involves a work environment as well as people's lives. So I don't love the shows that are kind of like, I don't like, I've watched the Kardashians. I don't love it because they don't do a whole heck of a lot. And it's the same with a lot of the housewives, but I like the working environment on the yacht where you like watch them manage the boat and like dock it and they have their different roles. And so I like an element of working as well, which is kind of cool. So yeah, I think those things are always fun. It is now Bravo's number one rated reality TV series. It has surpassed Below Deck. It surpassed Housewives. Like wow. people are into it. So what age group are we talking here? I, when I talk about it on like our morning show, I get messages from people from, you know, 18 to 65, like people, it seems to span a wide range of uh, demographics. I'm going to find it. I'm mm-hmm. going to watch a few episodes and I am going to have a conversation with you next week Okay. about, I'm going to watch like two or three below decks. Okay. Cynthia Lois talked me into, and we've talked about this before. It's the only reality show that I really watched was is love is blind. Is that the Netflix mm-hmm. one? Yeah. Yes. I watched that. And it was talking through a wall. Now they're yes. shooting another series of it. Apparently that was so successful. And it was the woman that just drank so much. She was drunk the entire series. And when they yep. talked to her afterwards, she said, you know, watching back, I guess I really did have a problem. And, I think she's sober now and stuff like that. Just watching herself. I mean, it would be so terrible, but the reality producers, they love when people are hammered and screwing up and love it doing all the, which is kind of heartbreaking, but that's the part of it that bothers me. So I guess it's TV's version of driving by an accident when everyone's rubbernecking. Yeah. I mean, and I always wonder, I'm like, what is the boxed white wine budget for a season of the bachelor or the bachelorette? (laughs) I mean, oh I used to work in television production and I'm like, there was a line item for that. And I'd love to tell, like, I'd love to know what it was. And, you know, you guys know Big Brother, right? Where they are in the house and stuff. Okay. Yeah. I, and I remember, I remember seeing that when it very first started and it was a yeah. huge runaway hit too. Yeah, really successful. And um, I have friends again who work in television production. So they had worked in camera on camera crews for Big Brother Canada. And they are literally planted in the walls of this house, shimmying around oh. trying to go with a director in your ear being like, now go to the den, go to the den. And they're like, what's happening under that blanket? Like they like, it's like so it's oh, they it's want like, them to hook up. Oh, absolutely. And I they, sure, they want and, it all. They want the, the they want the porn element. They want the adult content. They want all of that. I had heard rumors and there was actually a television show that I think was based on this concept or, or this fact that the producers for The Bachelor and Bachelorette who bring in the contestants, like they choose their contestants that they want and they like coach them throughout the season. Yeah. And I feel like there was some sort of a potential financial incentive for those producers. If their person was like the, the villain or one of the finalists or, you know, so they, there's a lot of casting that goes into it. Oh, I think casting is the number one thing that you're looking for. 
they, someone told me there was like 13,000 applicants for the last Canadian big brother. Wow. Sent in self tapes. I don't know. Oh. If you know how, they're not running that this year, right? With COVID. They can't do stuff like that. I they? think they might be. Oh, just because they would do testing. They would. Yeah. I guess that would work when you're all tested in the same house yeah. with dropping groceries well, off at the door. Kind of a bummer, Jana, you'll be bummed out by this because I know you obviously really support Alberta, you know, film and television industry, mm -hmm. being that you film your show there. Um, so the Jasper Park Lodge was booked for nine weeks for this like mysterious reason. There's like one booker books the entire Jasper Park Lodge for nine weeks, whatever. Turns out it was The Bachelorette. And oh. so they were going to go there and film for nine weeks uh, and set up shop. And I think they just announced this week that they can't do it any longer because of the travel restrictions that are being put in place in Canada to try to combat the, uh, the UK and the South African coronavirus variant. So there's a good reason, but it's a bummer oh. for business in Alberta. No, I'm very fortunate. I'm just in pre-production for season three of our show, the Jan show. So I had my COVID test. Well, by the time this podcast airs, I had my COVID test like three days ago and it was negative. I didn't expect mm -hmm. it not to be negative because I don't do anything <laughs> unless Mitty, yeah. unless Mitty has been out doing the town and dragging herself in at three in the morning. <laughs> um, but um, it is, it really is unfortunate for us. It's kind of beneficial for Alberta because all our casting is local. So yeah. we're not even, we're not even considering things. Uh, from Toronto or Winnipeg or BC, we're casting in Alberta. We're, we're casting this season, all the extras, all the people, all the crew. Um, normally people can throw their hat in the rings from, you know, all over the place and we would fly mm -hmm. them in. So that's too bad. I think it would have been really nice for Jasper to have some bodies in there. And I would imagine the bachelorette would be tens of millions of dollars. And they promote the heck out of it. They definitely tell you where they are. They advertise for it. So when they go to these beautiful, like, international locations, um, it's really good promo. And so it's disappointing that they couldn't do it. But I think they'll go back because, I mean, they clearly have already built that relationship. So they'll go back, well, I think. I, I mean, for me, if I was in the government, which I thank God every day that I'm not, but if I was, <laughs> I would be like, you know what? Let's get everybody tested in L.A. or wherever you're coming from. Let's get tested. Let's give it that you know, even if you're doing the 14 and 14 days of quarantine, get them on a charter, like yeah, not a commercial I, flight, get them on a charter, get them in the airport, you know, have them even stay in a hotel for a few days, test them again when they land. Like, I think there has to be some extenuating circumstances that require people to kind of overlook that. I mean, they're not coming in on an international flight from Ireland. They're coming up from LA and they should be able to quarantine them and do it safely. I don't know. I just, Adam's giving me the, the wow. The wrap up. I was, I, I'm giving I you the wrap gonna, up. Yeah, the wrap up. I was going to say the finger, but he's not giving me the finger. No. <laughs> You're listening to the Jan Arden Podcast. We're talking all things television today, I guess. Uh, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Jan Arden Podcast. So the Golden Globe nominations came out this week mm -hmm. is Schitt's Creek in in there all over the place Caitlin like what do you you're in the know what's happening well so they so for frame of reference they've only very recently come out and so I haven't had a chance to pour over all the okay. details as of yet but I know that they were nominated definitely for 
best comedy or musical for the television category, which was a big deal. I don't know about the specific performers, um, but the show show itself was definitely nominated. And that's a, it's great. It's fantastic. Um, You know, there's always stiff competition with the Globes, but it'll be great to uh, hopefully maybe they can win. I would love that. Award shows are so bizarre these days. Once again, I think, I'm, I'm sure they'll announce it officially, but I'm pretty sure the Junos will not be running in March as they normally do, um, which is such a bummer because, I mean, we have to be safe. There's just no doubt about it. Don't get me wrong, but it's the 50th anniversary of the Junos in 2021. Oh. So for 50 years, we've been doing a celebration of Canadian music and, um, you know, for a little country, not geographically, of course, we're one of the biggest countries in the world, but hmm. we have a population of 38 million people. Yeah. For a while there, like in the 90s, it was Celine, um, Shania, Sarah McLaughlin with Lilith Fair. Um, I think uh, there, there was just a handful of women that were selling like hundreds of millions of records. There was like five Canadian girls. It, was, it wasn't, I was not one of them. But holy moly, like Alanis Morissette, Avril Lavigne, they yeah. were huge and they all came from small town Canada, probably. And like now, I mean, obviously there are still some incredible Canadian female artists, but I was just thinking ahead that, you know, this, this coming Sunday, the halftime show performer is the weekend. You know, you've got a, you've got a guy from Scarborough who is, a, who is the halftime show performer. And I also thought... If if the weekend wanted to, he could have brought out on stage with him if he did like an all Canadian cast of guest stars. He could have brought oh. out Sean Mendez, Drake, and Justin Bieber, and these would oh. be the guys who are like top of the charts for for pop and hip hop and R and B. And they are the biggest artists in the ring, and they are all as Canadian. Every last one of them, Canadian. They're all from Ontario. Okay, well now you're just rubbing that in. <laughs> 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 No, it is pretty incredible. And I get asked about it a lot when I'm traveling. I get asked about it a lot when I'm doing interviews. They're like, so, uh, Jan, uh, what's with the, what, is there something in the water up there? There's, there's uh, so many great Canadian musicians. I mean, even if you go back three decades, four decades, you're looking at some of the best songwriters that have ever graced the planet. Leonard Cohen, Joni Mitchell. Yeah. Gordon Lightfoot. Um, Gordon Lightfoot. Neil absolutely. Young. Neil Young. Love yeah. Neil Young. Oh, so, I love Neil Young. And, and I am talking globally. Like yes. these were, were people that are so revered. So mm-hmm. what, I, I mean, I never know how to answer the question, to be honest. They're like, what do you think it is? I'm like, I don't know. Winter? I, <laughs> is, it, is it that we have eight months of winter and we just are in our cabins writing stuff? And, but it's pretty I incredible. Don't. It is. And I think it's the same thing. And we talked about this on the show before, but I certainly think it's the same thing with comedy to a degree. And again, humor is subjective. So not every Canadian comedian is going to be your favorite or actor or performer, but we've got lots. Like we've got for, again, a country of our size, we have lots and lots. And Mike uh, Myers, Jim Carrey, John Candy, Catherine O'Hara, Eugene Levy, Dan Levy, the the entire show. Andrea Martin. Russell Peters. um, Russell Peters, um, yeah. uh, you know, the entire cast of Kim's Convenience uh, are hilarious. Uh, I, I don't know. It, there is something wild. If you go back to, to SCTV in the 80s, my God, I used to laugh. And that was shot in 
Some of it, anyway, was shot in Edmonton. They still have some of the props there. Tired of ordinary television? Don't touch that dial. SCTV is now on the air. I remember going for an interview with, I was, I was doing interviews in the 90s for probably insensitive or something, going through these stations. And I was at this TV station. And, you know, you walk through the bowels of the building and I was going past the stuff. I'm looking at, I'm going, oh, is that? some of the props to like Edna Boyle's furniture emporium skits. Like there was, there's things they're like, ah, uh, I guess so. I think so. This is just sort of a junk room. And I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> and they had SCTV props. And I thought I had walked into, uh, you might as well have had me on sitting on Johnny Carson's desk. Honestly. And you look at like Lauren Michaels, who is like, you know, the brains behind so many incredible, like obviously SNL, but if you look at his executive producer credits, he's done so much. Um, so there's a real knack for humor and for performing in general, I think. And it could come from being locked in the snow, but I just think Canadians have our own thing. I think we're a little, I it, like it reminds me sometimes of how like that, that British humor influence as well. And then we have the US yes. humor influence and it kind of melts together to make us our own thing. And uh, it's very cool. Oh, it really is. I'm a, I was talking to a journalist the other day, just doing promo for the Jan show. I hate to keep bringing that up, but I was just, I've been doing a whole bunch of promo for it because it just came out on Hulu last week in the States. So obviously a lot more eyes on it. But I was saying to this guy, he's like, you know, a lot of Canadian comedy, same thing as you're saying, Caitlin, so many can, uh, Canadian shows coming down here. Schitt's Creek, obviously leading the way right now. And I said, you know what? Canada, you, you, we're, we're, we're kind of the old lady in your attic. You know, you hear her walking across this creaky floor and you're like, what's, oh yeah, they're up there. And I yeah. said, but we've also become your comfort animal. You know how people have puppies to take on planes or they have their companion chicken to take on flights or yeah. whatever. I said, we are your companion country. <laughs> Canada is your companion country. We're here to quell your fears and to keep you, you know, to keep you from feeling anxious. Well, this guy just laughs so freaking hard. He goes, you guys are <laughs> our comfort country. And I said, you're stuck with us because we're hooked together. <laughs> we, we are joined at the hip, literally. Yeah. Yeah. You guys stress us out down there and we calm you down. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's so funny. There's still so such a disparity with what they perceive of us. Like I talked to a lot of people from... Arkansas. I talked to people from South Carolina. I was like talking to all these, uh, you know, New Mexico. And the questions they would ask me, I would literally shake my head, you guys, and go, are you being serious right now? You know, do you get a lot of American TV up there? I'm like, where do you think we oh are? God. I said, we get everything. So you get, you know, you, you get, uh, I said, we get everything. I said, probably a, more than half of our programming with the exception of the CBC, but certainly, you know, it's, yeah. it's American content. Absolutely. But, but they have no idea. They have That's no wild. idea. When I told them how, how cold it was. And I said, now this is in Celsius. And she goes, ah, I've heard of that. I said, what? sorry. I, I said, Celsius. She goes, yes. I said, well, it's the metric system. I yes. Say, I, I have heard of that. She said to me, I've heard of that. Like the system that the rest of the world uses for measurement. <laughs> and I shouldn't be, and I don't mean to be judgmental. You know, so many people don't 
really travel outside their communities. And that's fine. You know, there's lots of statistics that tell us that even people in Canada live within 200 kilometers of their home for most of their lives. Hmm. They don't, and a lot of people haven't traveled. So I'm not going to point fingers. I don't know a lot about, well, anyway, I just, it just doesn't surprise me. And I have to be more open because I'm going to be doing a lot of U.S. press. And the questions are nutty. Good day. Welcome to the Great White North uh, Canadian Corner. I'm Bob McKenzie. This is my brother, Doug. How's it going, eh? Well, okay. I have to ask, don't you ever get tempted? And I certainly would. Don't you ever, ever get tempted to have some fun with them? If it's like, don't you get, uh, do you ever get much U.S. television up there? I'd be like, no. Like, we have a moose that hand cranks the TV and they do it for about, <laughs> we, get about an hour. <laughs> Yeah, the moose. He's just he's spinning that hand crank, and it keeps the house warm. And we get to watch. We have one channel. Yeah, I mean, maybe I should. I'll let you know. I'll get back to you. I um, we just got a university here. Well, good for you. Congratulations on your first university. I would want. I would. It would be very, very challenging for me not to do. I would say fifty percent of my interviews just as a full Canadian stereotype. I would have a really hard time with that. I promise to do a couple for you. Okay, good. Because because they're all taped. They're all on they're all on some little television station somewhere. Um, no, I I just um completely awestruck getting back to how much talent we have here. And it it's always so inspiring. You know, anyone that's coming up through the arts right now, I know it's a tough time because you can't perform at theaters and you can't perform live and you can't do open stage mics. You know, all you people that are aspiring to be actors and singer songwriters and comedians, we will get back to it. Mm. Um, I think we've got a year to plow through though. Don't you, Caitlin? Probably. I, <laughs> I was, I like look up to the sky and think when do, we've talked about this recently with some friends and I, we were like, when do we really think we'll be able to maybe, oh, fingers crossed, get on a flight and not be worried, right? Um, and I was like, I hope it's Christmas. I, I hope that at Christmas time we can, but I could be being unrealistic because our vaccine rollout here has been moving at such a glacial pace. Um, I could be off, but I don't know. I really hope Christmas, maybe. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, I hope that, I'm vaccinated by the fall, like October, November. Mm -hmm. I'm going to stick my arm out. I'll be like, give it on, get it, <laughs> do it. Um, I still have my Christmas tree up. And I did make a promise on the show, you know, before Christmas that I was leaving this up until I was vaccinated. And I am now. It was a running joke um, because I live alone. My one friend that, you know, comes for dinner quite often and comes and hangs out. She's like, let's take your, let's, we can take your tree down. It'll take us like 20 minutes. I'll get the ladder. And I'm like, you know what, Lisa, I'm going to leave it up. She goes, wow, that's not a terrible idea. I said, I kind of made a joke that I was going to leave it up until I was vaccinated. And I think I'm going to leave it up till I'm vaccinated. And if that's November, anyway, that's it. That's, that's our news. Um, that's our show. Thank you for listening. Sponsors. We are here for you. If it's my doll, if it's Kool-Aid, if it's, <laughs> you know, all, all, if it's the bachelorette, we love yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Caitlin and Adam, we are all so grateful. We'll see you next week. You're listening to the Jan Arden Podcast. Look after yourselves. Wear a mask. Wear shoes, pants, and underwear as well. And wear a smile under your mask. Totally do.
This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.